Mark Morrison got himself into a lot of trouble in the 90s, but he did one good thing. He released Return of the Mac, and we're talking about it today on the Super Hits Podcast. Let's go. Uh, hello, friends. I'm Jamie C. A.K.A. Megamix.com. I'm here with my co-host, the Dang Hunk, known as Slip. What's up, pal? Wow, that was a quick one. Well, episode 106 of the super hit podcast uh, super hits podcast and while my intro was pretty boring our show today won't be uh because man mark morrison is a dude that has gotten to some shit over the years oh yeah and he's a mac and he's gonna be returning so i can't wait for <laughs> he's that returning right here uh we're going uh going to 1996 and uh, the smash hit return of the mac so let's get right into it all right so, Mark Morrison, uh, born in 1972 in Hanover, West Germany. Uh, he spent his childhood in Leicester, England. Uh, he performed as a boy auditioning for a local kids' production of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, wow. Uh, he was cast as a beetle. Uh, I was just happy to get into it, he said later. My dad took me there on a Saturday morning, and there were 100 kids trying to get in. So that letter of acceptance was like winning the lottery. I could have played a picture on the wall. I was just happy to see my father's expression, that acceptance from your parents, making them proud. Uh, his mom and dad had emigrated uh, to the UK from Barbados, uh, although the family spent time in Miami when Morrison was a teen. Uh, but by 19, he was back living in England, and he was uh, running afoul of the law. Oh, boy. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that. Was, he, was he better or worse than Marky Mark? Oh, Marky Mark was heck a racist, dude. <laughs> so I'm thinking better. Okay. So maybe, well, ooh, it might be a wash. We'll see. All right. We'll get there. Uh, for a lot of the burgeoning American hip-hop acts, having a rap sheet was a badge of authenticity. Eh, not quite so in England. You know, uh, the, the scene, a little bit different. I mean, you could be, you could be like thuggish, right? Like Oasis? Yes. Yeah. Like Oasis... I guess technically probably some of the, I mean, a lot of the shit they did was illegal, lots of drugs and stuff like that, yeah. but it would be more like, it would be more like hooliganism, right? Yeah. And, and they were white, so it was allowed. Oh yes. I forgot that part. <laughs> uh, in the mid nineties, Mark Morrison was involved in an altercation with several others at a nightclub, which led to the death of uh, a man named Julian, Lo Julian Long. Uh, after a family friend visited him in a prison cell and asked what he wanted to do with his life, he realized that music was his passion. Wow. Um, he became involved with the Leicester African Caribbean Business Association, who he gives thanks to for helping him pursue his dream. He then created his own label called Joe Mel, named after his parents, after obtaining a uh, 1,000 pound grant from the, uh, from the Leicester African Caribbean Business Association. Uh, he then created a record called Crazy and uh, ventured around the nightclubs in hopes that a DJ would play his track. All right. Uh, but, but of course, soon after this, he got into uh, trouble with the law again <laughs> um, and went to prison again. Uh, we're going to get into the rap sheet. Uh, we'll get there. Don't worry. Um, I, I don't. It's actually a little bit foggy here. Exactly what the timeline is on what he spent, what times he spent in prison for what. So we'll wrap that up a little in, in a little bit. But um, after reading release from prison on the second time, he recorded the album Return of the Mac, uh, which featured the uh, smoothed out R&B with a hard edge to it. Uh, he had been noticed by Michael Mickey D. Davis, an A&R man, who was intrigued by Morrison's persona. Um, I found out about this guy called Mark Morrison, who I heard a while back uh, while I was still at EMI, said Davis, uh, back in 2020. He later added, I saw this video of Mark performing and girls were screaming. I thought, who's this guy? I'd never heard of him. And he's already got girls screaming for him. So we signed him. 
Okay. Uh, that sounds sounds pretty smart to me. Yeah. Uh, in 1995, a year before Return of the Mac came out, the label released two singles. Uh, they re-released Crazy and the funk-flavored sex jam, Let's Get Down. Uh-huh. I just that, had to put that in there. Uh-huh. Uh, they both charted in the UK, but Davis was worried. We thought... Uh, we thought we really had one more shot at this, he said, in 2020. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling the production of this third single. Mark started saying he wanted a ballad for the next single, and I thought, you can't put a ballad out without a hit first. We're going to die. I wanted us to concentrate on this other song that we really liked. Uh, so the song in question is Return of the Mac. It stayed uh, on the UK albums chart. The album stayed on the albums chart in the UK for 38 weeks. All right. Uh, debuted and peaked at number four, became certified platinum, by the uh, British Phonographic Industry, or BPI. Uh, on the US Billboard 200, the album reached uh, reached a peak at number 76, and uh, the album has since sold uh, 3 million copies worldwide. The album made Morrison the first artist in British pop history to have five top 10 singles from a debut album to chart on the UK Singles Chart. Uh, these singles included Let's Get Down, Return of the Mac, uh, the, the Crazy Remix, a song called Trippin', a song called Moan and Groan, <laughs> and a song called Horny. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh so yes. But not but uh, not horny like your favorite song by Moose T, right? No, which I assume we're gonna talk about at some point. Of course, yeah. Um, but the problem here is, friends, is that the dude just couldn't stay out of trouble. Okay. Um here I'm gonna read an article because this is gonna this is just gonna get it. It's got everything that we want, all the information that we require, and it's also in a very like snarky Scottish tone. Okay. So this is an article from Scotland's Daily Record from March 25th, 1998. So here's the headline. Arrogant pop thug is jailed for 12 months. Uh-huh. Colon, sick trick. Morrison got pal to do his community service. <laughs> so that, we uh-huh. set the stage here, okay? Uh, pop yob Mark Morrison was jailed for 12 months yesterday for getting his minder to do his community service. Yes. A judge told him he'd shown arrogant contempt for the law. Chart topper Morrison, 25, got 150 hours community service for a, for a fray after a knife brawl that left a young student dead. He sent pal and bodyguard uh, Gabriel Mafareka to clean public toilets in London and to help vagrants in the shower at a hostel for the homeless. Morrison, who hit number one in 95, that's wrong, it's 96, with Return of the Mac, then went on tour to tour Europe and the USA. Uh, Mafareka managed to pass for his boss despite having a beard. He covered his distinctive dreadlocks with a hat. I wonder if he like performed shit. Like people knew he was. They were like, "Are you Mark Morrison?" And then he did like a shitty version of Return so of the Mac. You that to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Uh, staff at the River Point Church Hostel in Shepherd's Bush never knew that they had an imposter in their midst. An insider said they really took to him and thought he was a great guy. That should have made them think, as Morgan is known as an arrogant sod. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. Because I don't know if this story is true or not, but there was something circulating about a month ago. Okay. About a dude who was singing in churches in Winnipeg saying he was Ed Sheeran. Did you yes. see this? Yeah, and, that was a thing, apparently. And, and like, was <laughs> he wanted to be paid in sandwiches? <laughs> yes. It was. It's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. And then, like... And then, like, these, like, pastors or whatever are, like, one of the guys is, like, I don't know. I thought he'd fallen on hard times. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> like, do your research. Ed, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, uh, that's an amazing story, by the way. But, so the plot was eventually exposed by a newspaper. Morrison had a string of previous convictions. He went to Barbados for drug rehabilitation last month instead of appearing for sentence for breaching the community service order. Uh, so he was arrested in Heathrow on his return last week. At the Leicester Crown Court yesterday, uh, the judge told Morrison, you found the order inconvenient, decide to use the power of your position to avoid it. I regard that as an arrogant contempt for the court. David Evans, defending, blamed the stress of fame for Morrison's antics. Uh-huh. He said he shot to prominence very quickly, then fell very sharply to earth. Um, that's interesting because he got into a lot of trouble before he was famous, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Evans said Morrison got into drink and drugs and used the imposter because he was under pressure to go and perform overseas. He knows he shouldn't have done it. There is no excuse. It goes on from there. But, yeah, essentially... Uh, yeah, Mark Morrison, uh, you know, was involved in the uh, murder of a person. And later on, he was, uh, here we go, here's something. Uh, after he was fined for not doing the community service, he was arrested for trying to rob an all-night supermarket with an electric stun gun. <laughs> uh, he got three-month jail uh, for that offense. Three weeks later, he got another 21 days for punching a man who criticized his move, his music and uh, and for booting a park, for kicking a parked car. Uh-huh. Uh, the following week, he was hit with a further 14-day term for smashing a photographer's camera. Uh, he was fined 50 pounds by the uh, Leicester magistrates in 93 for obstructing a police officer and uh, was also fined 750 pounds for threatening behavior in April 1997. Uh, and uh, in 1997, he was convicted for attempting to bring a firearm aboard an airliner <laughs> for which he served three months in jail just as the return of the Mac began rising up the charts in the U.S. Uh-huh. In 98, he was banned from driving for six months uh, and fined uh, thir- almost 1,400 pounds after being caught twice driving without a license. In 2002, he was arrested on suspicion of kidnapping and car theft. He was released on bail, but a policeman later- was later ar- arrested on suspicion of taking a bribe from Morrison in return for his release. Um, then he failed to appear in court to face the charges, and a warrant was issued for his arrest. In 2004, he was arrested and spent a night in custody after a fracas in which uh, a platinum and diamond medallion was snatched from around his neck during a confrontation in a Leicester nightclub. In 2009, he was arrested for an assault in London, but still, return of the Mac endures. Uh huh, of course. In 2020, McDonald's paid Morrison a million pounds to use the song in an ad campaign. Really? Yeah, for uh, like kind of like a post pan, well, kind of mid pandemic. Kind of come back to McDonald's, Return of the Mac. Oh, Jesus. Oh, of course. All right. In a 2020 interview uh, with a Leicestershire Live, Morrison said, I have not been in trouble with the law now for more than a decade, and I want to use my experience to help young people who are just like I was growing up in high fields. I felt I needed to come back and do something for the city. Young black people are now endangered people in the city. The people that look like me, they know me. People look at me and think we know him. We know he got stabbed. We know he went to prison, but we know he came out on top. Everyone gets a second chance. It just took 20 years to get mine. Sure. Uh, so, but perhaps Morrison's more lasting and most important message is put down the knife and pick up the mic. <laughs> I mean, he did both for a while. <laughs> he did both for a while. All right. So, yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of trouble. Uh, let's talk a little bit more here about Return of the Mac. All right. So, it was recorded uh, sometime in 1995 and 1996. The song was produced by Mark Morrison, uh, a dude named Phil Chill. Yes, and uh, and the de- songwriting duo Cut Father and Joe. Okay, this would be the uh, Danish songwriting and production duo Mick Hansen and Joe Belmadi. 
the song, we've got Mark Morrison on lead vocals, uh, Al Christie on bass and guitar, Mike McAvoy on guitar, Phil Chill playing various instruments, and uh, singer Angie Brown uh, doing some of the backing vocals. Uh, the UK album version comes in at 4 minutes and 34 seconds, while the US album version, 7 minutes and 20 seconds. Jesus Christ. All right. To, to which I say, like, why? Mm-hmm. But, you know. Uh, the album version is actually titled Return of the Mac, open parenthesis, C&J Street Mix, close parenthesis. So, Cut Father and Joe. Um, the single edit comes in at a tight uh, 3 minutes and 32 seconds and is uh, titled the Re- Return of the Mac C&J Radio Edit. Uh, it was released as a single on March 4th, 1996 on WEA Atlantic. Uh, over on Discogs, there are 42 versions of the single. There are a ton of remixes of the tracks <laughs> spread throughout these singles. I mean, let me go through them. Okay. We've got the C&J Extended Radio Edit, uh-huh. the Joe T. Vanelli Light Radio Edit, the Terrence Decombe Mind Tricks Mix, the Beat Miners Remix, the De-Influence Mix, the Full Crew Mix, the Sir Gant Mix, the Joe T. Vanelli, Vanelli Extended Corvette Mix, uh, Acapella of the Mac, and the instrumental. Wow. Okay. So many versions. I did not take the time to listen to any of them. I apologize to all of our listeners. But, um, hey, I had COVID last week. So yeah. I, was, I was hazy. Most of these, uh, by the way, are CD singles or 12-inch records. Yes. There is a single 7-inch release from the UK from 1996. It is available on Discogs. It will cost you, with shipping, over $100. So... Wow, look at that. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. There are some other B-sides on these singles. One includes a a C&J Street Mix and a Salam Remy Mix of the album cut Trippin'. Return of the Mac has appeared on a ton of compilations. Like uh, just like hundreds. uh, And before you get into them, uh, how about that? Did you see the cover? Yes. It looks like it's Mark Morrison in an elevator. Yes. Looking pretty tough on the top part, and then he's got these goofy checkered pants on. I know. Anyways, sorry. It's, it's pretty. It's it's not. It's not a great. There's a, an alternate cover as well where he looks a little bit more cool. All right, but um, yes, I did. I, I did fail to put that in my notes. All right, so thank you. Cons. Um, ton of compilations, over two hundred. Um, some of the notables I saw: Mega Dance Volume Six, Groove Station One. Yes. Uh, if you remember, if you recall, Groove Station Two, Big Man. Yep. Used uh, in our wrestling for many wrestling theme songs. Sure was. A, a, a collection called Power Hits and also on Power Hits 2. Um, we've got the Adidas Streetball Challenge 96 CD, Maxi Dance Sensation 22, R&B Monster Jam Volume 1, Pump Up the Party Volume 3, and a one called Sexy Funky Cool. All right. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, there are no Mark Morrison Greatest Hits albums. Okay. Uh, but he did release a Mac remixes disc, uh-huh. uh, which featured three versions of Return of the Mac on on its like nine track playlist, um, with I think three of those remixes that I mentioned. Return of the Mac has shown up in a number of TV shows and movies. We've got uh, 1997's Speed Two Cruise Control, of course. Six episodes over the years of EastEnders. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 2006 episode of The X Factor UK, a, 20, a 2008 episode of uh, Entourage, <laughs> a 2015 episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a 2015 episode of Master of None, which I believe it recharted because of that. Okay. But 
I didn't make the notes on that, so I apologize. Uh, 2007 episode, uh, 2017 episode, sorry, of the uh, Professor Ninja Show. No, sorry. A 2017 <laughs> episode of Beat Shazam. <laughs> Worst. Yes. A 2017 episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. The 2018 Netflix special Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity. We've got an episode of Bull, an episode of Star Trek, uh, Starstruck, Star Trek. <laughs> They're all listening to it on the Enterprise. Amazing. So good. Starstruck. Yep. 2021 episode of American Crime Story, uh, 2022 episode of Euphoria, and the 2023 film Somebody I Used to Know. Okay. Uh, Return of the Mac has also appeared in the uh, video game Saints Row the Third. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Mark Morrison performed the song on four episodes of Top of the Pops in 1996. As mentioned earlier, he performed the track. I didn't mention it. I actually cut this out. He performed the track at the 1997 Brit Awards. Um, also performing that night, our pal Prince. Nice. Emancipation. <laughs> Beautiful. Anything to add or should we go to the lyrics? I mean, I'm surprised that it didn't make it, it, didn't make it into a uh, Grand Theft Auto, but, you know. I, You know, I agree. Uh, I wonder, though timeline-wise, it just doesn't quite match. Yeah, it might not. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, I guess so, right? Because they're all kind of earlier than that, so... They did, like, a late 90s one, for sure. All right, let's go to lyrics. So, Return of the Mac is Morrison's portrait of a guy dusting himself off after being betrayed. As the narrator explains, Return of the Mac is his comeback song, and he comes out of the gate bragging and taunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the song rolls along, he condemns his ex for cheating on her, letting uh, cheating on him, letting her know just how much she hurt him. He admits to crying over the betrayal, but he's determined to move on without her better than ever. Uh, my favorite line is because she said she'd never turn on me, which uh-huh. uh, as a wrestling fan, I enjoy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wrestlers always have people turning on them. It's like the main thing that happens to anyone who goes into the wrestling profession. So I like uh, I like yeah. where he says when they're saying return of the Mac at the point where he says, Watch my flow. Yes. Um, also, one that I don't know as much when he says, wants my pearl. Yes. <laughs> don't know what that means. Is he a clam? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Such a uh, boomer according- comment. What is he, a clam? According to extrachill.com, as for the meaning of the Mac, Oxford Languages defines it as a confident, successful man who has many sexual partners. Okay. Sure. In this instance, according to Extra Chill, it also works as a macho nickname for Mark, and it fits with the song's theme of becoming confident and powerful. So thank you, ExtraChill.com. I mean, if it was you, it would be Return of the Mark, and that's another wrestling term, yes, everybody. Return of the Mark, yeah. absolutely. Over at Song Meanings, oh, no. we had a couple of thoughts. Uh, Mike Reynolds 4444 says, This song is unreal, one of the best ever, pretty obvious meaning as well. And then doesn't explain it. All right, thanks, okay. buddy. Silverside said, I love this song. It PM the same stage. I in it basically getting over his ex-girlfriend in it. I don't know. I think he means I'm in the same stage as Mark Morrison was. Okay. I guess Silverside is getting over an ex-girlfriend. Um, New Sheriff 94 said, this song made sense to me after my first breakup. It meant that his girlfriend broke up with his girl and she came running back to him after they broke up. So he sings this song for the girl to understand what she did to him. Thank you All right. for that. New Sheriff and JSW says a dodgy but classic track. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's go to the reception. All right. Return of the Mac entered the Billboard Hot 100 on March 1st, 1997 at number 42 between No Time by Lil' Kim featuring Puff Daddy and Pony by Genuine. Yes. Uh, no Time. 
uh, was, had peaked at number 18 already and was on its way down. Uh, my thoughts on the song is it's fine. Yep. Um, Pony had reached, had peaked at number six uh, previously and is a pretty famous sex jam that I think is awful. So <laughs> I don't know what you think of Pony, but I think Pony is garbage. It's, uh, I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's great. I think it just kind of is. I just think it's gross. Yeah. But well, it's gross. But, yeah. um, Return of the Mac would peak at number two in the U.S. on June 7th, 1997. Uh, the rest of the top ten that week at number one. Hansen with Mbop or <laughs> yeah. Mbop, whatever it's called. Uh-huh. Uh, number three, we've got uh, Spice Girls with Say You'll Be There. Nice. Number four, rounding out uh, a few heavy hitters in a row, Hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G. Fuck, what a week. Then we get something by some jobbers named Rome called I Belong to You, open parenthesis, every time I see your face, close parenthesis. All right. Then we get Jewel with uh, Foolish Games slash You Were Meant for Me. At number seven, a song that I actually kind of want to hear what it is, a group called Changing Faces doing Get Out, but it's uh, G.E.T.T.O.U.T. Okay. Um, then we get Tim McGraw with Faith Hill with It's Your Love. Um, here's an interesting one, another one. In 1997, at number nine, As Yet featuring Peter Cetera with Hard to Say I'm Sorry. What? All right. No, I, no idea. And a number 10, I Want You by Savage Garden. All right. So a bit of a mixed bag, but some heavy hitters. Uh, overall, Return of the Max spent 41 weeks in the Hot 100. Uh, it also hit number four on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs Chart, number three, U.S. Mainstream Top 40, and number one on the U.S. Rhythmic Chart. Internationally, it made the top 10 in Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Ireland, the Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, Scotland, Sweden, and Switzerland. Uh, as well as on the Euro Eurochart Hot 100 outside Europe, it reached number one in Zimbabwe, number two in Australia, and number three in New Zealand. All right. So in the UK, uh-huh. Return of the Mac reached number one during the week of April 21st to 27th, 1996. Uh, of course, uh, a year earlier in the UK. Smart. Yep. Uh, the rest of the top ten that week in the UK, we've got at number two, Manic Street Preachers with a Design for Life. Oh, beauty. Uh, number three, Gina G with Ooh Ah Just a Little Bit. Uh-huh. Number four, uh, a classic, Michael Jackson, They Don't Care About Us. Uh-huh. Number five, Ash with Goldfinger. Yeah. Number six, Suggs and Luchi Lu slash Michi One with a song called Cecilia. Okay. At number seven, the Lisa Marie Experience with Keep On Jumping. <laughs> like Lisa Marie as in Lisa Marie. I- I, can't I, I assume so. R.I.P. in peace. Oh, wow. Number eight, Firestarter by the Prodigy. Uh-huh. Uh, number nine, we talked about this on the Coolio episode. We've got Mark Snow with the X-Files theme. Okay. And at number 10, Robert Miles with Children. I mean, I think the UK wins. I mean, if you got another chart, we'll see. But that's a pretty good... I mean, not everything, but there's a good gonna, ones on that chart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think Canada wins. Okay, here we go. Number In Canada, entered the RPM 100 on July 21st, 1997. At number 87 between Virtual Insanity. Oh, all right. And a song called Angels and Ordinary Men by Wendy Lanz. Okay. Which was really boring adult contempo. Uh, <laughs> but Virtual Insanity, awesome. Yep. Um, Return of the Back peaked at number 17 on August 18th, 1997. Here's the top 10 that week in Canada. Number one, Building a Mystery by Sarah McLaughlin. Okay. Uh, number two, Robin with You Know What It Takes. Number three, we got Men in Black by Will Smith. Uh-huh. Uh, number four, I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. 
Actually, maybe the UK wins this. Um, Hanson, Where's the Love at 5? Two Become One by Spice Girls at number 6. Sister Hazel, All for You at 7. Great Big C at number 8 with <laughs> When I'm Up, I Can't Get Down. Yes. Blue Rodeo, still sticking around at number 9 with It Could Happen to You. And at number 10, Change by Sheryl Crow. Yeah, I think UK wins. I mean, depending on what you like, that's not a bad list either. So. But it isn't. It's yeah. not. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I was thinking when oh, I was you know writing what? Sorry, this. sorry. Can, yeah. So you said Great Big C in that list. Yes. For the benefit of anyone listening outside of Canada. Yes. Why does Great Big C not quite fit with most of the other things in that list? <laughs> well, at first glance, it would be like, you know, you might think because it's Canadian, but Sarah McLaughlin's at number one and there's Blue Rodeo in there as well. No, it's it's the uh, the style of music, my friend. Yep. As you would know. Uh, and we would know. We both listen to Great Big C. Very, um, well, how would you describe it? Folksy Celtic. Folksy uh, Celtic, like sea shanty music. Yeah. You yeah. know, from the, from the East Coast of Canada. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's always been around, but there was a period of time, mainly because of Great Big C, where it became like mainstream popular for a couple yeah. of years. Uh, so that's when it was. It's kind of like when uh, jazz or like swing music became popular in the states yes. for like two years. Yes, yeah. when like swingers, right? Yeah, yeah. And I say um, that yeah, I great, say all this as a big Great Big C fan. Like so. Oh yeah, and this and Great Big C had a monster album in 1997 in Canada. Yeah. So good for them, charting at number eight that week. I actually was wondering, you know, when I was writing this, I was like, we should actually do an episode just about the Canadian charts in the summer of '97 because this is. This is an interesting look. Like, you know, that top 10 is pretty, but I mean, all over this top 100. Yeah. Third Eye Blind, Holly McNarland, like Dodgy, um, you know, U2. Um, hang on, I'm, I'm going through this Verve pipe. Like, uh, like, like, just a total, like Our Lady Peace, Brand Van 3000. It's like just so much like, like mainstream rock radio. Well, like all over this chart. Well, like, and the reason that you're all over this chart is because at this time you were working overnights in a gas station. Oh my god! With the radio playing, right? And this was like ninety-two, nine Power ninety-seven, ninety-two City FM, like summer of ninety-seven. Yeah, like they played everything. Meredith Brooks and like elegantly wasted by by in excess <laughs> and stuff. Like it's it's very interesting to see like this chart can compare to like the Billboard chart at the same time. Yeah, because it's it's so Canadian. Like Canadians love their alternative rock. In sure the do. 90s. So, but you know, we don't want to forget that there that what we, we like to do on this show, what we can, is uh, pull out our RPM magazine tidbit. Oh yes. Um, August eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Let's see what Walt was saying that week. <laughs> Here's a nice little juicy bit. Here we go. This just in. Apparently, there's been some movement at Quality Records. Ray Kivas has reportedly been replaced as president and CEO by Louis Circo Kirkos. Kivas remains on the board, and there's no word on Ned Lebuick. We haven't been able to raise to, to raise Kivas or Lebuick, but I'm getting lots of calls from people in the industry. Oh. That, of course, being a, a bit of a KTEL adjacent news bit. Yep. Uh, Ray Kivas, Ray Kivas being one of the founders of KTEL Records. Um, also, from uh, Walt says, here's one: David Foster on the move. <laughs> Things just get better and better for David Foster from a VIP past. Post at Atlantic Records, which didn't interrupt his production accomplishments, to the hallowed walls of Warner Music, same company really, and probably with a title of vice president. As at 47, Jesus, oh. Foster's signing is considered a major coup. 
Um, remember, he did write a couple or three songs with Junior, but Foster loves challenges and what a challenge to kick Warner Music out of its rut and find a Celine Dion or Sarah McLaughlin for them. And we all know what he did for Celine. And then he just goes on about David Foster's ex-wife. Okay. So, <laughs> that's what Walt had to say on August 18th, 1997. So let's get back to Return of the Mac. Um, it shows up uh, on a lot of end-of-the-year charts for 96 and 97, most notably at number five in the UK and number three in Sweden for 96 and number eight in the US for 97. Um, it is certified platinum in Australia, New Zealand, the US, double platinum in the UK and gold in France and Germany. On Spotify, it's got well over 304 million streams. On YouTube, the official video has 192 million views since 2008. In 2007, Stylus Magazine ranked at number 40 on its list of the top 51 hit wonders, stating that overplush keyboards, fake turntable scratches, and a rhythm track that will be around till time immemorial. Morrison relates his griefs with an ex who has returned to what? Gloat in her face? Uh-huh. Point out still surviving, even thriving? Nope. He's really returned to show that sleek R&B grooves and add vocal cadences he's developed since being dumped. So in 2012, Porcy's listed Return of the Mac at number 71 uh, in the 100 singles, 1990 to 1999. In 2017, BuzzFeed listed at number 48 in their list of the 100 greatest dance songs of the 90s. 2019, Billboard placed at number 102 in their ranking of Billboard's top songs of the 90s. And at the 1997 Brit Awards, Return of the Mac was nominated for British Single of the Year. Uh, can you, uh, would you like to take a stab at what one British single of the year in 1997? Uh, right in your wheelhouse, my friend. Oh, like, a, so it's a good one. Well, you know, it's a pop, it's a pop smash. Okay. Cause I was going to say. One of your favorites. Is it really one of my favorites? Cause I mean. Spice it, Girls with Wannabe. All right. I was going to, I mean, I guess it's a year later when they would have done Candle in the Wind, which I do not like. <laughs> no. But anyways, all uh, right. Yes, Wannabe by the Spice Acceptable. Girls. Um, the other nominees, Baby Bird with Your Gorgeous, Kula Shaker with Tatva. Oh, yeah. Lighthouse Family Lifted, Manic Street Preachers with a Design for Life, Fast Love by George Michael, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis, Firestarter, and Underworld's Born Slippy. That's a hell of a list. That is a, quite a list. Uh, Morrison was nom- also nominated for a British Male Solo Artist Award. He lost out to George Michael. The other nominees were Mick Hucknall, Sting, and Tricky. Sure. Uh, Morrison was also nominated for British Breakthrough Act, but lost. Okay, here I'm going to give you the list, and you and we'll think about who maybe who won this category. Okay. Right. Best Bri- British Breakthrough Act, 1997 Brit Awards. Mark Morrison, Alicia's Attic, Ash, Baby Bird, The Blue Tones, Lighthouse Family, Long Pigs, Manson, Skunk and Nancy, Space. Kula Shaker and the Spice Girls. Uh, Manson. It was Kula Shaker. Oh wow! Fun fact about Kula Shaker: I yes. had taken. They're playing at Lee's Palace in Toronto, nice. which is uh, not a tiny venue, but not a big venue. And their original ticket or show was going to be earlier in the winter. It got pushed back to September. And then announced the same day, Peter Gabriel. So yes. um, if anybody out there wants in Toronto wants one Kula Shaker ticket, yes. uh, hit us up, superhitspodcast at gmail.com. And, oh, that's uh, hashtag marketing. Yeah, and if you actually, you know what? Honestly, if you just go ahead and write us, I'll give you the ticket. So, yeah, it's a free ticket to Kula Shaker yeah, so there you in go. September in Toronto. Let's see. Let, let's see. <laughs> We've got like six months till the show. Let's see if we give that ticket away. Okay, sounds good. All right. Um, British Dance Act Award at the 97 uh, Brit Awards. Morrison lost to The Prodigy, 
the other nominees, Chemical Brothers, Jamiroquai, and Underworld. All right. Let's go to covers and samples. Here we go. So whosample.com lists the following as being samples used in Return of the Mac. We've got Tom Tom Club, Genius of Love, Chucky Booker's Games, uh, Sarone with Rocket in the Pocket, ESG with a song called UFO, Treacherous 3, Feel the Heartbeat, The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground, and Run DMC's Peter Piper. Nice. That's a veritable who's who. Yep. Um, from a Mal Magazine article on Return of the Mac, though, despite the popular assumption, Mick Hansen, a.k.a. Cutfather, insists that the drums on Return of the Mac are not a sample of Genius of Love, saying, obviously it's very close to those drums. It's very much like that. Mariah Carey also had a song out using a similar type of drums, drums fantasy. But he, uh, but as he also acknowledges, at the time there wasn't a huge issue about clearing samples. Obviously today it would be a different, different thing. He asks uh, the writer if I'm familiar with the site who sampled. Uh, I say I am. Hansen responds, I think they pretty much nailed a lot of it, noting that the chords were very inspired by games by Chucky Booker. It was an R&B song at the time, and I just love the feeling of it. It was a patchwork of ideas from this and that, I would say. So, uh, yeah, um, Cutfather basically saying not, no to Genius of Love, but yes to everything else on who sampled. Okay. Um, Return of the Mac itself has been sampled in 28 songs as well. I won't go through them all, but rest assured, Girl Talk is on there. Of course they are. Hey, hey, twice. <laughs> um, the site lists eight cover versions. Nothing earth-shaking, but there is a 2011 version by The Barcase. Oh, okay. Uh, that is perplexing. Okay. Like, I don't know why they made that. There is an 8-bit universe version that straight up humps. It is so good. Okay. Uh, and there is a lullaby version by a group called Jammy Jams that is pretty awesome as well. Okay. Uh, should we do this music video? Here we go. So the accompanying music video for Return of the Mac was directed by British director Jake Nava. Uh, it begins with Morrison arriving in London by plane in the evening. Uh, he's driving a silver Mercedes-Benz SL class towards the city. He starts singing in the car. He has flashbacks of himself as a girlfriend. The car stops uh, in front of uh, his ex and her new boyfriend on the street. Uh, the singer sings as he watches the new couple. Uh, later, he arrives at Underground Club. Uh, he hands the DJ a record. The ex shows up at the club with a new guy. Uh, he sings towards the ex. Uh, then he sits in a desk in an office, and she sits down. They are confronting each other, and it ends in a close-up of him sitting in the office in thoughts while he smiles to the camera. Uh, the cheating girlfriend is played by the unknown model Susanna Agrippa, who is miming to the feature vocal provided by Angie Brown. Uh, numerous other extras were friends of the director. Um, here's my notes, and feel free to jump in whenever you want. Okay. Um, this is a super late 90s style video. Uh, Mark Morrison looks very cool. Uh, he's got leather dr driving gloves, which I think are a nice touch. <laughs> you, you say that the plane lands. It's a Concorde. Yes. Yeah. So That's land, right. Yeah, they land That's in a right. Concord. That is that is a blast from the past. Yeah. There's a goddamn snake hanging around for some reason, but then they cut to Morrison wearing snakeskin boots, which to which I said just so amazing. Uh huh. Like that is that is fantastic. Like he all killed the snake uh -huh. in the boots. Um, there are so many gold chains in this video. Yeah, I wrote the gold chains with the M on them. You know, yes. Mac or Mark. Yep. Or Great. Morrison. Yep. Yep. Um, I like when he's singing in the tunnel and you can see his breath because it's cold out. Handing the record to the DJ to play is great. I wrote Mark Morrison's turtleneck is just massive. <laughs> that is hockey neck protector sized fit right there, which is good, I said, because it does look cold outside. 
Um, I do love the back and forth with the woman at the underground office. And my last note was that he really likes doing high kicks. <laughs> so you said that this was an underground party. Yeah. I wrote, it looks like they're gathering under a bridge. Yes. Like that's, it doesn't look like they're indoors. And yeah, there's a DJ there. Mm. And then this ex walks in with this guy and there's just like this palpable tension. Yes. They both look so unhappy to be yeah. in this room together. And then when he's sitting at his desk in what I called his secret lair. Yes. The woman is sitting there and while, while they're, you know, staring at each other, or whatever. There's a dude on each side of Mark Morrison's dancing. desk, just dancing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also said at the end of the video, Morrison starts to dance, but he is not a great dancer. No, he's not. All right. That's awesome. Can we rate this thing? Yeah. All right, brother. What do you think of the video? It's fine. I gave it a five. It's uh, it doesn't blow me away. And again, like <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't want to watch music videos where people are just miserable. You know, <laughs> like if they're if they're heartbroken, then that's one yeah. thing for like a sad song, right? But yeah. this is a party song, and yet everyone just looks jealous and unhappy. Uh, but there's a lot of cool shit, you know, in it. They look cool as fuck. The Concord's yep. in it. Yep. You know, the the dude makes himself look rich and like he's something. And yep. so I got to give him credit for that. I'm giving it a five. Uh, I think it's a pretty good video. The production value is actually really good. Um, there's a bit of a storyline, so that's always nice. Uh, I think his crew look really cool. Uh, the snake thing with the snakeskin boots is tremendous. Yes. Uh, I think the video's aesthetic is spot on, and I think it holds up. I'm going to say good stuff and give it a uh, 6 out of 10. Nice. Uh, what do you think of this song, buddy? If I rated this song in 1997, I would have given it a 9. Yes. Uh, it's rad. It, it's always been rad. I think yes. over the years again, it's... Uh, you know, it's eroded a little bit in terms of what my rating is, mm. but I still think that this song is is awesome uh, and uh, love listening to it. I mean, for nostalgic reasons, but but otherwise, the, I love the the you lie to me chorus. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic, and yeah, I'm giving it a seven. Nice. Um, obviously, for me, classic late '90s pop jam. We were like 19 and 20 when this blew up. Yep. In Canada, so it's like nice and sticky in your brain, right? Like. That's the perfect time. And uh, it has like this monster jam swing to it. It's so smooth. Mark Morrison is a, is a you know, he's got pretty unique vocals. His style is, is pretty unique. And you know it's Mark Morrison when you hear it. Uh, the bass line is fat and that beat is a proven winner. I'm also going to give it 7 out of 10. Beauty. Good job, yes. Mark Morrison. And not doing crimes anymore, hopefully. That's good to hear. I mean, he says he isn't. And it, it's been 10 years. That's kind of a long stretch, you know. But... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are, we're wrestling fans, so these wrestlers that get into trouble, you know, eventually it <laughs> they're, just they're, happens they're again. They're just one confrontation away from ending up in jail. Yep, yep. So there you go. Uh, what do we got cooked up for uh, next Tuesday? Yeah, so we're going to head back to the 80s, and we're going to talk about Timex Social Club Yes. and the track Rumors, which, spoiler alert, hit number one in Canada. It did. Yep. So... That's what we got cooking for you. If you want to hit us up, if you want a free Kula Shaker ticket. Yes. Superhitspodcast at gmail.com or Superhitscast on Twitter or Superhitspodcast on Instagram. Send us a DM on any of those things. and yeah, Or contact or, you right, right directly at Slip With Five Eyes. Eh, don't do that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can hit me up. Slip With Five Eyes or Slip. First person to do it, I'll send you that ticket. So uh, it's going to be a rad show. I'm, I'm disappointed. But, you know, I got to see Pete, right? So, of course you got to see Pete. 
Yeah, so there you go. Right on. And uh, I'm Jamie C. Megamix.com.com is my website. Thanks for listening, friends. See you. We'll be right back.